Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. Hi, this is Duncan with iPodcast Magic Missile, and uh, today we've got a new feature for you. In the studio with us are two of the greatest storytellers I know, Blake, owner of the friendly local gaming store Fun Games. Say hi, Blake. Hi, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> and hi, Cove, expert game master and author of the great advice blog, DMing with Charisma. Say hi. Hi, Blake. <laughs> Without further ado, this is Storytime with Blake and Highcove. So this is our first story time with Blake and Highcove, and we explicitly avoided planning a story in advance, because that's not how good stories happen, and probably what'll end up being this story is like five or six story times with Blake and Highcove down the road. I figure we'll do the story of the first story time with Blake and Highcove and what a colossal failure it was. The only story I had planned was why do I get second billing until I realize it fit the cadence better. Blake and Highcove, it's iambic. As the world's most musically stupid man, I, I uh, couldn't speak to that. IAMs are, uh, the IAMs are known as Perry Paul... Uh, but just shut up. <laughs> what about, as by way of brainstorming, the first time that uh, we gamed together? That was right after you punched that bee. <laughs> I don't remember this. All I remember is the first meeting I attended physically of the God RPG Club. Ah. It was in the back room of Fun and Games back when they had a back room, back in that tiny claustrophobic area where you go when you don't want to get out in case of a fire. And at just the middle of the thing, Blake got up and went, A bee! And punched it. Like, I'm sure. Thing, verb. That sounds like me. I don't have a specific recollection of this, but I have punched many a bee. I remember sitting across from him and going, Wow, he's either really angry at me and incompetent, or there was a bee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I hit you? No, you hit the bee. Oh, wow. Well, the, um... Fun and Games at the time was owned by... I want to... I've got to believe my predecessor. Uh, I know his name. I wasn't going to say it for purposes of... Avoiding and his name was Jason. The, Gosh, oh, that reminds pumpkin. me. Uh, since this is your first time doing this, apparently he's going to say pumpkin and dub that over every time we use a person's name when discussing that person in an unfavorable light at all. Or you could use the perfect hair for everything and just have someone shout, F! <laughs> <laughs> so you can disparage us. If we're physically here to be insulted, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well then. Buckle your safety belt. Oh, shit! I just got a topic. Anyway, the uh, at the time, Fun and Games had uh, a wall bisecting... I guess bisecting implies equal area, doesn't it? There was a wall across the back of the main sales room, uh, creating a separated area. Uh, the pathway through this wall had been knocked through the drywall with a claw hammer, and then a bookshelf had been put in front of it and attached to the wall via hinges, so it was sort of like a poor man's secret bookshelf entrance door. So we had assumed that the wall had already been there and that uh, the owner before the owner before me, whose name I'm definitely not going to use because I think there's still an outstanding warrant for his arrest. Uh, <laughs> you might be right about well, that. Well, <laughs> I have a sordid past. Uh, that guy apparently built that wall. We assumed he'd just punched the hole in it. Uh, anyway, but it made for a nice, like, really just gross, skeezy, role-playing game dedicated room in the back of Fun and Games where the Virginia Tech 
role-playing game club could meet. It was roughly on par of the back of a hippie van, but with higher seats. I don't feel like there was too much going on in the way of shag. Perhaps on the role-playing table itself. That was Moss. That's just how we know it was not rolling. <laughs> what were we there for? I think it was a God RPG meeting where Squires just got sick of us. Because we had a lot of meetings in Squires, but I think we uh, didn't have a room booked that week. Was Nate still the de- still the president? I guess he would actually be the president, yes. unlike, unlike the de facto president. This is another good short, like, one-sentence story. Uh, Gathering of the Role Players Guild. So God RPG. So it was like one of those... Recursive acronym? Yeah. Berserkronym. We're going to have to use that now. So let it be written. Anyway. The strength-based caster. <laughs> and the first president was uh, the guy who founded the club. And when he left school for whatever reason, uh, the new president was chosen by Nose Game. And the first one was me. I was the first de facto president. You're right. And the second was you? Yeah. <laughs> I got in by virtue of being uh, grandfathered. They're like, you've been in the club longer than the rest of us. By virtue of being so old, you should be dead. <laughs> I think that was just the excuse that they used on you, because the, well, you didn't touch your nose quick enough uh, would, you know, was good enough for me, but you might have well, punched someone. We did have an English major at the time. Maybe he got president and precedent mixed up. He's like, you've been here before you're in charge. So what are we, did we do anything in that meeting? Did we actually play nope. anything? Did we talk about something? Probably. I answered the question that was presented. <laughs> I don't think Laura was there. Which means it was in my first year. The only thing was I, before I knew anyone's name. The only thing I the only time I remember playing in that room was um, Pat's crazy ass over the top epic level campaign. That was the room where that campaign happened. Happened is a strong word. Happened isn't a strong enough word. Not for that campaign. But you were definitely not in it. Nope. Because there were a number of people who were. Yep. Like Sadler and Marconi. Oh, you mean F and F. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> F and F-er? So that wasn't exactly our first role-playing experience together then. Would that be during one of the play tests or the PvP campaign? Oh, good, the PvP campaign. We should tell okay, this story. This is a story that needs to happen. Because campaign, that's just never a good idea. Campaign and... It was more like a tournament. Well... Yeah, there's a system for that. It's called not d The first one was a tournament. Yeah, yeah the first one was totally a tournament. Was Eventually that, it became a Wednesday thing. Was that the one where um, Megan and Amanda ended up uh, versus each other in a round and they, like, were too affable to hit each other? That sounds real familiar. Yeah, I know that happened in one of them, but I'm not sure if that was the first one. Okay. How do these tournaments work? Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> oh, okay. In but rounds. If they're women, they can... Just be friends. Ah, but between each round, you had a nine months later title card, and everybody leveled up five times. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> so you basically walk in with a level five, a level ten, and a level fifteen version of your character because hope springs eternal. Uh, eight people walked in, four people walked out disappointed with a level ten and fifteen character. Like, well, now what? Then two people punched up at level ten, and then the remaining people punched up at level fifteen. The winner was somebody who chose a drastically overpowered build at level 5, where all he could shoot was lightning. But he did it from far away, so he, like, barely won. Round 2, at level 10, all he shot was the same lightning, but slightly louder. (laughs) And he barely won that one. But at level 15, that build got free flight. So first round was 200 feet up, and rounds 2 through end were hurling lightning from the sky <laughs> like a vengeful deity. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely... Uh, that guy was in the other half of the bracket from 
Megan and Amanda, because I'm pretty sure one of them was the one that he threw that lightning at. Is this the uh, competition for which I cast stone skin? Story comes. Oh that my was, goodness, it was. I, I, I want to hear that. It was not because that was a team battle, because I was flanking someone. Hmm. That was during the Wednesday night thing, probably. Or just a, we have no better ideas, let's punch the people we hate during a <laughs> Thursday night uh, weekly meeting. I have a strong feeling that whatever that was, though, was versus in some manner. Like there Absolutely. Was, yeah, so it was just party versus party? Yes. Okay. I think it was three on three. There are a number of good micro-stories that come out of the player-versus-player D&D quasi-event that happened with the RPG Club in those first few years. So, you remember the actual series of spells that the guy cast, right? It was a wizard, or a sorcerer, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he had managed to stand still, not on his turn, as D&D characters are wont to do. And a person approached him on one side, and then I approached him on my other or on his other. And then he realized, hmm, I'm flanked. There's a word for this. I think at the time I was raging with my greatsword wielding rogue barbarian. So it's just a scary thing you don't want to be in melee with. Especially so he, when it's flanking you. <laughs> yeah, so he's there going, okay, it's alright, I have a plan. I am going to cast lightning bolt on the heavily armored guy next to me. And I say, ah, but that's a spell. I get an attack of opportunity. He says, but first, <laughs> I am going to fly 50 feet up into the air. I said, oh, so you're moving. That provokes an attack of opportunity. But first, <laughs> I will cast Stone Skin. That's the same... Th that's still a spell! <laughs> stone Skin to increase his natural... Is it natural armor? DR. Okay. Oh, yeah. So at this point, he has queued three turns of actions. I consider that a declaration. He's like, okay, so maybe if I go over here and I five-foot step, then I fly, then you only attack, get an attack from one of us. What if I cast the... No! He's like, fine. I get the attack opportunity. <laughs> Rolled a two. It wasn't funny unless I missed. That's true. And therefore, that's the only way it could have happened. Although I'm pretty sure that I cast Stone Skin made it into the flavor text of our first Unengame set. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. The, but first, I cast Stone Skin actually became very mimetic. I drew the maps that these battles would happen on. I, I, I at the time... Uh, had a particular uh, affinity for drawing little D&D &D maps for people to fight on of various sizes. He had something of a problem. Yeah, you could call it that. And so there were a number of different maps that basically the players were randomly assigned to them. So, for example, I know that the one that uh, Megan and Amanda failed to fight each other on was a <laughs> snow-covered peak. There, there was like a small stone shrine... The entire thing was on a fairly steep uh, vertical grade, and there was a huge chasm connected by a very destroyable rope bridge between them. I want to say, at, at level 10, could um, somebody have gotten a mount, a flying mount of some kind? I want to say a griffin was involved, but I might, be, okay. I might be crossing wires with your wife, who's known to fly on the back of griffins. As soon as you can buy a plane, you can fly a plane. Just ask John Travolta. That's a mount you can just buy, I guess, with money? Well, as long as you're friends with it. Right. You can buy it, but you can't buy their love. <laughs> Again, John Travolta. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> Does that count as speaking negatively on John Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> He's a notable public figure. He doesn't count. <laughs> oh, good. He has no protection from us. Well, notable public and figure, pick two. Anyway, one of these boards was a... X feet by X feet, I want to say 50 feet perhaps, probably, yeah, 10 squares sounds about right, maybe 8 squares. Flat stone slab in the middle of a field of 4 foot tall grass. And I remember very clearly a fight between a druid and a rogue. 
their starting positions were each at opposite end of the slab, and it was sort of like a, a Dragon Ball Z scene, uh, Dragon Ball Z scene facing off. And so we both had them, you know, roll initiative. And uh, on the first carry, I'm sure the rogue went first. And his very first action was to turn around and dive into the tall grass and make a make a hide check. And then the druid cast invisibility. <laughs> and we knew this was going to take a long time. It turns out that I'd also designed this map with little rabbit holes that, like, if you went crawling around in the grass, you could find these random, like, holes in the ground and crawl around in tunnels underneath. And um, I want to say that when they finally met up with each other, it was by bumping into each other head first in these tunnels. However, since one was invisible and the other was hidden so well... Oh, right. Blind happened. The thief? How could the thief have blinded her, though? No, I mean blind the thief, the boss of the Skull Dungeon under the Village of Outcasts in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. No. Oh, okay. Uh, at some point, blindness became a part of the story. I gotta believe it was that the druid was blinded. So she ended up blind, so then he didn't have to hide anymore. He was invisible by virtue of her blindness, and she was invisible by virtue of her greater invisibility, so that she, you know, did not blow invisibility even when she threw a spell at him. Um, and I remember that when it finally resolved, they ended up climbing back onto the stone plate, mostly out of boredom and the realization that whatever cruel god had put them in this situation was never going to let them go. So they could either get married and grow old together in that field, or roll at a 50% mischance against each other until one of them croaked. I want to say the rogue one, because I feel like I remember that character dying to the lightning bolts from the sky. There was a lot of... I have no idea what's going on. These uh, things should never have interacted in the PvP things. Remember one point, it was two paladins versus a paladin and I think a rogue. The exact classes are irrelevant, except that these two paladins were on horses. And these two people were not. So the first thing that happened was, maybe it wasn't a rogue. Oh no, it was because they drank a potion. First thing that happened was the rogue was like, I go first. I drink a potion of invisibility. The second thing that happened was the paladin on the mount says, I throw a thing where if you fail a save, you are caught in a an invisible force field. <laughs> so my paladin just sat there. It's like, rogue, what? <laughs> and then just ride by attacks until I ran into a house, shut the door, and waited by the door with my sword above my head. Turns out two is more than one, and I did not win. <laughs> I, I remember the hide in the house from the ride by attacks. I think I was there for that. I one. think that was Laura. <laughs> that makes sense. I think that was my wife that abandoned me. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even contact me. Like in a wall of force. Like dunk dunk dunk. Well, here I am. <laughs> I think she stayed invisible. I think when that wore off, she just quietly snuck away. Like I ain't winning. <laughs> I was like, can, can you concede? I'm like only if you can escape. I escape. I remember Crazy Ivan made it into the um, player versus player thing at one point. The lat no, that wasn't Crazy Ivan. It was a different character with an adamantium ladder. I just want to point out that sentence in the background. <laughs> it was a whole bunch of Blake has a fondness for characters that wield adamantium ladders as weapons. Man, that wields things that aren't weapons as weapons. Fair Did enough. you uh, build that dual whip wielder? What about Hammer and Hank? Did yeah. you have somebody who wielded an entire goblin crew with an ogre with a cannon on their shoulders? But I digress. It was a battlefield with a whole bunch of pillars sticking out of the ground at various points. And way down at the bottom was, I think, electric instant death spikes of lava or water. Something, uh, it was either fully one way or fully the other, just a mundane lake. And I think it was me and someone versus a halfling on a dog and someone. I want to say Dave was there. 
Oh, wait. This might have been three on three. Because I think this was the session where we were watching Adult Swim. And they had flying uh, shark versus flying alligator. Mm. And they had an alligator with wings. And they had a shark with a jetpack. And they said vote on them for meaningless things. Because Twitter wasn't a thing yet. So if you want to vote meaninglessly, you have to go to a website. Ooh. So they were like, all right, I'm going to build a winged alligator. All right, I'm going to build a shark with a jetpack. Because that's what those two guys sounded like. And they had a punch up in the stratosphere while we were down there just on the blocks looking up like, well, I guess we fight each other or something. (laughs) I remember uh, when we ended up on that map, though, the, this character, I think, was... He, he, see, the thing is, he had a ladder, but he didn't actually use it to fight. He just carried it around. This was, like, my tool bag guy who had, like, for no uh, good Blake reason... Oh, Sandy Haversack. Yeah, yeah. He had, like, a hammer and, like, a battering ram. Not, not like a war hammer. We mean, like, a claw hammer. Yeah, for hammering and removing nails. Um, he also had nails. And the ladder might not have actually been an adamantium ladder. It might have just been a regular ladder, but I know that my climb check was blow. Like, it was, when I looked at that ten foot gap between two, you know, vertical stone cobs, I was like, ooh, this is not a problem I can solve, because I ain't jumping it, and I, even if I am jumping it, I'll probably catch it with my fingers and then fall, and I'm pretty sure it was regular water, because I'm I'm pretty sure I ended up in that water. Sounds real familiar. And then I was just holding on to the wall, because I couldn't swim in my full plate with not very good uh, strength score. Uh, But, before I fell, I believe I set up the ladder as a bridge. And well, I you actually did that a couple of times. You made it to the middle of the battlefield like that. Yeah, that's right. I remember climbing up the ladder between the uh, between the columns, uh, and then pulling it up behind me so that I couldn't be followed by something that was somehow as slow as me attempting to follow me. That might have been the halfling on a dog. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Halfling on dog was definitely out of his out of his depth. Because I remember halfling on dog walking across ladder rungs. I'm like, this needs to be filmed. <laughs> <laughs> but where are we going to find a dog? The basic idea behind the player versus player night, I think, was less about building... Well, I don't know. We were awfully young and playing D&D, so it probably was about building broken builds and, like, measuring your D&D peen. But it was about uh, intellectual exercises. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, let's get this out of my system. Yeah. Or it certain, if, if, if that wasn't what it was about, it's what it became about. And I think it made us both much better... Gamers for it because a lot of those like broke ideas or or just I don't know the that level of wanting to compete with the other players in the party was sort of something that we were able to to get off our chests and and not really have to worry about too much ever since because one of the things that I, I think is definitely true about me and Heiko for a lot longer than many of our uh, pl- people that we played with from that group. We were over the idea of my character is better than yours way before everyone else was. Well, I mean, especially in third edition, it was a mechanical exercise. I mean, you know, you could build whatever you wanted, and if you had system mastery, then you could build some really absolutely crazy stuff. Another big part of it was it meant a a way to get together and play D&D without a DM having to prepare a story. Like, there were the maps... And there was some, you know, little rules on the maps. And I'm pretty sure at least once there was actually a city with NPCs in it. Because I remember a rogue taking a hostage. And there were miniatures. Because this was back when Wizards started putting out plastic miniatures. That just started. So it's like, you're going to be this guy with a hammer. Because hammer and great axe have the same number of letters. They really don't. Shut up. You're, gonna, you're the guy with the hammer. And you're going to be the, um... You're going to be the alien monkey. <laughs> because shut up. Which is the alien monkey? You know, the one. Is it like a, a demon? Look, these weren't my miniatures. Haikov has an extensive selection of miniatures, which he, I can't imagine, hasn't memorized. But I didn't have the Nothic. What's that? It's a creature with one big eye 
and the creepiest freaking grin on its face. Oh. But it also has arms that go all the way to the ground. And its whole job is looking at you going, Ha! You got great bones! And just terrifying you. <laughs> um, so, uh, rolling back down the stack to the God RPG Club, there's some other good stories from the God RPG Club. What else do you there remember? Are. The other things that I remember from the God RPG Club was having to differentiate the Daves. Because we had four Daves. None of which were me. As many as six. We um, had four Daves at one point, and I remember sitting there saying, Okay, we can't just call you all Dave. And all of your last names are too hard to pronounce. <laughs> Which wasn't even a little true. But I just posted on the forum and said, okay, we need to come up with some sort of naming methodology. I suggest theme naming. For example, we can call everybody a Pokemon. So we have Pika Dave and Jiggly Dave <laughs> and uh, Davizard and things like this. Davy Puff. Or we could name you... No, we already had a Jiggly Dave. Oh, you're right, right. Uh, we, which is now a fairy. Funny enough, I'm pretty sure that actually happened on the forum. Like, that... That, that conversation we just had happened on that forum where someone said Jiggly Dave, and then I said, hey, how about Davey Puff? And someone said, we already got Jiggly Puff with Jiggly Dave. You, you could also be, uh, you could be uh, Weapon Enhancements, you could be Flaming Dave, and Vorpal Dave, and Range Dave. Or you could be Songs from Dance Dance Revolution! You could have Boom Boom Daver, and um, Doobie Dave, and things like that. Uh, and a couple of people posted saying, as long as I'm not Flaming Dave, I think I'm okay with this. But eventually two of the Daves disappeared. Uh, the only ones that were left were Jiggly Dave, who was real thin, and Boom Boom Daver, who was not. <laughs> there was a time when we flirted with just calling them Fat Dave, Thin Dave, Old Dave, and New Dave. Er, wait. I think I was New Dave. Fat Dave, Thin Dave, Old Dave, and... Blue Dave. No. <laughs> the Dave in the hat. Green Dave and eggs. It was New Dave. Oh, the Dave Jill Dave. It was yeah. I, no, I remember it now. It was old, the first it was, of Dave Temper. My my initial theory as de facto president was Fat Dave, Thin Dave, Old Dave, and New Dave. But Old Dave wasn't old in the same sense that New Dave was new. New Dave was new because he was substantially newer to the club than the other three. Old Dave was old because he was thirty eight, which is ancient. Well, when you're, you know, 20. It's pretty hard to be 20 and 38 at the same time. It's a very old but 20. Old Dave we have some special people in that 58. <laughs> and Fat Dave, I know for a fact, had no problem with being called Fat Dave. That guy was fun. Yeah, it was the Mage campaign. We all came into a White Wolf campaign with backstories, and he just handed the GM his backstory. Dave? Yeah. Is this your backstory? Yeah. It's written on a bar napkin. Yeah. Dave, this is the plot to clear in present danger. Yeah. <laughs> he got two XP. <laughs> that was the He was entropy-based sniper, where he shot his uh, gun and it probably landed in you. That was the same Dave that um, broke two chairs at my apartment. At once. No, no, they weren't even on the same night. I'm, I'm well, it's your fault for putting a gap in the middle of your sentence. The, um... <laughs> We uh, the apartment that I lived in was a furnished apartment. It came with a couple of cheap, you know, college furnished college apartment chairs, and uh, I had these parties every couple of weeks where everyone would come over and watch gargoyles. It wasn't new at the time. It wasn't that old. Dave sat in one of my chairs and broke it, broke the back out of it. I want to be clear that he was not like three hundred pounds. This guy I would not describe as he would probably be. I would guess close to the average American build, like. He was just fat compared to the other three Daves. He was he, he carried it well. He was husky. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like he was one of those guys that could be big but still athletic, like a football player or a pro wrestler. The kind of guy you didn't want to get into a fight with. So, like, he certainly didn't break that chair just because of his, you know, overbearing weight. 
maybe it was destined to break anyway. I mean, that was how we explained the first chair. And then the next held together by a phone cable. He broke another chair. (laughs) Um, But uh, the the relevance of that story is that later when I built that couch, my only carpentry experience was in uh, home uh, remodeling. I'd, I'd never built a piece of furniture out of the type of wood you use to build a piece of furniture, so I just went with what I know, and I bought two-by-fours and quarter-inch plywood. Yep. And I built a couch out of that material, which ended up being very heavy, very cumbersome, hard to move around, and nigh indestructible. And I remember when the Dave came to the animation party the first time after I had built that couch, I was like, Dave, you and your whole family could not break this couch. <laughs> And he couldn't. I win. <laughs> I remember moving that couch into the store. I remember us all laid out for uh, Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a crazy night when we were sitting there saying, "All right, let's just all sit around and watch Dead Rising because we are literally this bored." And somebody beat the game. It might have been Jamie at the time. And the credits rolled, and we're like, "All right, let's look at all the zombies because you know we got the bad ending." So one of the zombies has to be the PC. And then the credits uh, finished, and then it gave us the time of day, and we got playable again. We're like, the frick? <laughs> we stayed until like 3 a.m. going through the um, the true ending of that game. That was also, I believe, the time when uh, we started experimenting with the different drinks you could mix in Dave Rising. Dave Rising. <laughs> no, you're right. Dead Rising. <laughs> That's the name That's of the a lot of games. That's the porn parody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's the porn parody. <laughs> So anyway, the um, we got the speed drink, and we theorized that perhaps the speed drink didn't actually make you move faster, it just increased the game clock. We were wrong. Well, then we <laughs> drank the speed drink and we pulled out the chainsaw, remember that? Have you ever seen someone use a chainsaw? They don't use it in a figure eight motion while running. But that's exactly how Frank West did. Frank West it. did. But they didn't put that in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. No, they used somebody else's chainsaws tucked to each end of a uh, an oar because that's somehow more awesome than figure eight chainsaw. That should have been his hyper move. He didn't use the shopping cart. That was the vet. That guy was a vet? He had non-flashbacks. That was oh, his no, no. job. The veteran was in the hardware store. The guy in the grocery store was the actual owner of the grocery store. Wait, then which one had the shopping cart? The guy in the grocery store. But it was like he had rigged, rigged that shopping cart, that shopping cart up with spikes and metal and, and stuff. I like how there's more spikes in the grocery store than the hardware store. That makes sense. Well, the guy in the hardware store, remember he he had all no. those like foxholes he could jump into. No, I didn't. There were little trap I still doors didn't play everywhere. This game. Oh, okay, I've experienced nothing ever. <laughs> Fair enough. What else do we want to talk about from the God RPG Club? Oh, specifically from the God RPG Club? Well, since that's kind of how we met. I think when it folded, we still owed the college five bucks. I was gone by then. That was that I was gone by then. Yeah, that one's on you. Oh, wait, really? Was there a de facto president after you? Yep. Who was it? It was Matt. He knows. He might not know that we owed the college five bucks, though. Yeah, I guess speaking... I guess putting a, putting a recording on the internet that you owe Virginia Tech five bucks and then calling you out by name... <laughs> A counts as portraying someone in a negative light, and B is likely to invite legal action from uh, Virginia Polytechnic Institute because they're jerks like that. It's it's five dollars. Yes, and but we also just called them jerks like that on camera with interest. Yes. They prosecute if I put flyers on campus. They don't prosecute Blake. That's because I'm too fast. Can't catch me. I'm the running man. Why? Why do we have a campus with so much land to train runners? <laughs> uh, he's a college student. He'll show up at the readers eventually. We'll just wait there. 
Brilliant. <clears throat> no, I want readers. Brilliant ploy. We can get readers after. I want readers to tell you nice. I will take your word that that's a thing. Not readers after. Johnny gets it. And on that note, it's true. <laughs> oh, is that Thank enough? Thank you, That's plenty. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, Edit heavily. Of course. Is there anything you want to plug? We'll put your links to your websites up on uh, on the oh. show notes. So he doesn't have to manually plug uh, DMing well, with Charisma? Plug T. Read DMing with Charisma. It's good. Forward slash. Forward slash. By the time this post is up, I'll probably have reviewed Mythic Adventures. Ooh, what's that? A new book that comes out in August. Is that... I don't know how long the lead time is for these things. What is a source book? Is it's a, it's the Pathfinder epic level handbook. Oh, neat. But it's first level epic. Really? Yes. I don't understand. You uh, Maybe it's sixth level epic. But the whole point is, welcome to Pathfinder. You pay, build a character. Also, staple the following half-deific abilities to it. Oh, it's see. for playing a... Super, it's uh, for getting the super powerful thing out of people's system without going to level 30 where all the things break. I remember what her character looked like because it was dramatic and she drew it in full color, I want to say. Uh, it was a half fae, but you know how some fae are like butterflies and some are like frogs. Well, she was half Lunamoth. <laughs> and don't forget the white trench coat. I will never <laughs> and, forget the white the trench coat. waist length silver hair. It's a shame that all the stress that you feel has caused you to go gray, because she'd be all over that. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's just causing me to lose my hair. Mm. It's causing me to lose your hair. Keep wearing white and jeans, though. You got a Bruce Willis thing going on back when he was redeemable. You know, it's funny. I, I actually guess I do kind of have a Bruce Willis thing <laughs> yeah, going on today. Totally have a Bruce Willis I thing meant going to on. shave today. I just forgot. I, I was in the shower and I ran my hand over the top of my head. And I was like, "Oh, Blake can't help but look like a badass most of the time." It's, oh well, thank a, you. It's okay. This they is not a problem I have. <laughs> this is why we work so well together. I look like the Steve Jobs to his Bruce Willis. Actually, close the, friends. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that is, I think that Heiko moves like a badass. That's no. because you move like a person with purpose, and I limp like I have battle damage. Well, there's also the Blake stipulation. <laughs> <laughs> the voiceover for that part is Dave makes a movement like a monkey. <laughs> you mean Blake? No. Look <laughs> <laughs> at him right there, slouching like a chimp. Chimps, notable slouchers. Hoppy and Woolwine were in the story where the guy, it was actually, I want to say Woolwine, that said, are there really that many people at the store named Michael? And I was like, everyone sitting at this table is named Michael, including you! So any, any plugs? What do you think, Blake? I'll do whatever. What do you think, Blake's shirt? Blake's decidedly lumberjackish but un-Bruce Willie's shirt? <laughs> Well, I went to the local game store, and it was really cool. It's a place called Fun and Games. <laughs> Highly recommend it. What's it like? Well, it's great, and it's got some awesome people there, and there's all sorts of cool stuff to do. It sounds like it has a very friendly atmosphere. <laughs> it does. Do they vacuum <laughs> frequently? <laughs> Every Sunday. That sounds magnificent. <laughs> does the owner bathe? Probably. <laughs> wow! It is categorically the greatest game store I have no. been in since Imaginary and Clothes. It's worth noting that the owner no longer bathes in the store. <laughs> Two owners previously, that was a thing that happened. Oh man, I, well, I'm gonna have to tell that story. 
No, that one was going to have to have the serial numbers filed heavily off, though, I think. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> I think two owners previously is sufficiently sufficient filing. No, this is okay. Sufficiently we, sufficient. Can, we can use that guy's name because we don't have his real name. Remember when that hobo came in? I want to hear this story. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, Voldemort? No, 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 no. No, the other hobo? <laughs> this was actually a more... This was actually a more classical hobo than oh, Voldemort. Okay. This was an older guy, and he came into the store, and he introduced himself as uh, Rick Lee. And I was like, Rick Lee was the name of the owner of this store two owners ago. And he was like, yeah, I sold him my identity. Oh, oh dear. And on that note, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. Wow. Thank you, Heiko. <laughs> Why I always get second villain? Oh, let's have a medical phone. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012. No, I don't know Heiko's. Okay, it's Ross. It's now, right, now I have power over you. <laughs> you know his true name. <laughs> I I remember when that. Uh, but my true name is not spelled using the English alphabet. Is it like R, umlaut, C, or something? No, Ross isn't Ukrainian. Umlaut. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up. Yes, my middle name is Umlaut. <laughs> Ross Umlaut. No, it's Umlaut. <laughs> Draw an ohm over the symbol, right? It's an ancient French name. It's, a, it's an O with an omega over it to represent its resistance. <laughs> this is a particularly resistant O. It's hindering the amount of current that can flow between the R and the S. And that's why no one knows my name. No one can spell it. I can get through it. It's like what? Eventually, alt- someone with high enough voltage. You're like, what your alt code name. is resistant O? Is it three? It's, it's three. I, I'm brimming with voltage. Well, that's in place of food.